Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, 707 Walnut in Philadelphia, always at LLPavorsky.com. Uh, Lee said there's going to be the 16th Ricky engagement ring this weekend, I think, by the way. So, huge. Yeah, huge. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the man who is not purchasing that engagement ring, contrary to pop- popular belief, Liberty Baller's own, Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hey, buddy. You're How's not, it going? You're not the one buying that engagement ring, are you? Or are you? Uh, no, not for Alyssa. Maybe for you. Ooh. Wouldn't, that, that? wouldn't that be a surprise? Yeah. So the the co-host to the rights of Ricky Sanchez got engaged. <laughs> they, they are taking their liberal agenda as far <laughs> as they possibly can. <laughs> Uh, the podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and SoundCloud. Come on. Please like our brand new Facebook page for the exact same content you can get on the website and the Twitter. <laughs> uh, but, but it's on Facebook, so your mom can join in too. Thanks to our new intern, Kristen, for running the Facebook page. Speaking of the website, that is brand new and looks just fantastic. Sometimes I look at it on my mobile device just to see how good it looks on mobile. Boy, it looks fantastic on mobile. It does. Hey, uh, please leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. We have, um, of our 317 ratings, 306 of them are five-star. We're going to, much like in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, we're going to find the 11 people who didn't give us five stars one by one, show up at your door, and threaten to beat you up. But um, here's this week's, how about this week's review? Subject line is, wait, should we do this one? Yeah. Uh, Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will listen to Spike and Mike for all of them. Five stars. Um, If the – wait, did I read this one already? Hmm. I don't think think so. I don't think so. Okay. If the conscious wood in your entryway table could talk, it would tell you to listen to the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Whether you consider Sam Hinkie a god or simply trust the process or are looking for a good circle jerk, this is the podcast for you. It has everything from Sixers talk to the encouragement of competition between fake social media interns. Hey, uh, to recipe suggestions from Alicia Silverstone's website. Spike and Mike are entertaining, insightful, engaging, and always take the longest view in the room. So please leave us those reviews. They are helpful. I don't know why, but they are and uh, once again, thanks to uh, Eliza Hardy-Jones, who is the uh, recording artist who recorded the, uh, the Relationship Advice theme song for the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which you will hear later on. All right. So we only have a little bit of actual news this week, and I don't even know <laughs> if, you, uh, if you heard the news. So, so we'll do the little bit of news, which I think is just the Brett Brown on Zach Lowe's podcast, which I don't know if you listened to yet. And and the fact that the there seems to be a delay in the opening of the uh, the Sixers practice facility that Mike Sielski wrote a little bit about on Philly.com this week. But most of the podcast this week is this is truly an August Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. We are going to go through the transaction log of Sam Hinkie's tenure with the Sixers and grade every single transaction. So <laughs> I am using the, uh, the transaction log from Basketball Reference. That seemed to be the best one. So I'm sure somebody will say that we missed one or something, but, um, but that seemed yeah, to be that the just, best Yeah, that just has to count like 
that has to count like Joel Anthony and like Frank Gore. Like it has to count those. Uh, also, we'll see if we can remember those. Right, right, right. And the only thing that isn't in this is like when they sent Lorenzo Brown uh, to the sevens eight hundred times and Elliot Williams. Those that's not in here. That will have to be a completely separate podcast. So we'll get to that. Uh, I'll, I'll get the, those list of transactions. Maybe the Sixers will give me those transactions. Um, uh, there were some in here that I just definitely didn't remember. So no. like how they got – well, we'll get to that in a minute. So first, did you listen to Brett Brown on the Zach Lowe podcast or no? Not yet. I have not yet. I have a queued up and I'm very excited about it, but I have not listened to it yet. So the good thing about it is that it is 40 or so minutes of Brett Brown talking, which is just mm-hmm. – I love listening to Brett Brown talking. I could listen to him talk about anything. I could listen to him – like really if they're doing – you know, a note to Apple, if they want to do more iBooks just with Brett Brown reading the books, oh. wouldn't you listen to – I would listen to Brett Brown read the Bible. Like that would be great. Brett Brown yeah. does Old Testament. Brett Brown does New Testament. Absolutely. Uh, Book of Mormon, maybe. So, uh, but so the, the good thing is that it is 40 minutes of Brett Brown talking. The sort of bummer thing about it is that f- of the 40 minutes, 38 minutes are about Manu Ginobili, who is one of those guys that I know Zach Lowe and Brett Brown want to talk about for 38 minutes, yeah. but I just don't care well, that much. Woj does that too. They, uh, there's so much just like, I look. Obviously, the Spurs are very good, and they do a very good job doing what they do, and they have an interesting uh, owner, just dynamic organizationally, and there's a lot of interesting characters in there and how it all works together, and I've learned a lot and enjoyed learning about how that all goes together, but asking everybody between Woj and Zach Lowe about Pop or RC or Ginobili or Duncan, it's like, enough, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not everybody has to weigh in. Yeah, and there's no new things about Manu Ginobili, I don't think. I, I it just seems like those guys have been around for so long and they're so yeah. generally uninteresting that no offense, I don't mean any offense by that, but they're so that there's not I don't there's nothing new. I'm not learning I, anything. I do new. find them I do find them interesting. I just okay. think it's a ton it's a tonnage issue. Right, just, right, right, right. You know, every podcast doesn't have to be dominated by discussions about how good the Spurs have been for the last 12 years. Yeah, and you know what's funny too is that they are perpetually like the team, maybe not anymore, but at one point they were like the everybody ignores them, you know, underrated, quiet yeah. superstar. And it's the as, as I feel like as basketball media has gotten quote unquote smarter. That huh. that the Spurs have almost been overcovered. Like I've had a, as as you said, I've just had enough. I don't need thirty eight minutes on Manu. But the actually, let's say thirty five minutes on Manu, three minutes on the Australian basketball team, which I actually thought was pretty interesting. Brett Brown talking about Australia, and then two minutes on Joel Embiid, which was what everyone, you know, from here sort of latched onto. He said that. Yeah. And he, that he had just come from an Embiid workout, that everything looks great, and that he is definitely on track to play in the preseason, which I think we had all hoped and expected, but it's nice to hear him say. Uh, yes. It, it will be weird. I mean, you were wondering how, how they're going to work him in. Yeah. And, 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 and slowly and whatever. And it makes sense that they would work him in in preseason to be like, hey, game doesn't count get your legs under you it's been two years but it's gonna be so weird that his first game in as a sixer 
after all this is going to be a game that well, obviously the games none of the games have counted but a game that doesn't even really doesn't count and there's people trying to i mean it's yeah it's bizarre that it's not opening night to me it's in my in my mind i had this impression of like okay here we go opening night but it's just going to be this like half-baked preseason game yeah but it's going to be the, it's the most important game in Sixers history. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play for six minutes probably, yeah. and yeah. he won't look good. And and, no. and but the way we're going, to, and we know this right now in August. But the way that we are going to hype this is going to be <laughs> like uh, I I'm guilty. Unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah, he's going yeah. to take his first shot. It's going to be like a, an eight footer, and he's going to miss by two feet. Yeah, we're That's- all. I don't think even Twitter jail is a thing anymore. But we're all going to it that night. Is, I think is it not? Is it not a thing? I, I, I don't know. I used to um, – I remember back in the day I would go in there, but I don't – Yeah. I, I don't – I've never – I mean I don't tweet nearly as much anymore, but I don't, I don't know I – don't, I don't hear anyone talking about it. Like do you remember people used to have alternate accounts for when they were in Twitter yeah. jail with their main Yeah, account? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I got put in Twitter jail during the – I think not last year's draft, but the two drafts before. Okay. And maybe like a trade deadline or two. The the last Twitter jail I really remember, and I'm sure it happened after this, but the first preseason game of the lockout season, I was so excited. I was out of my mind. And I, uh-huh. I was in Twitter jail for that one. So, um, yeah, it's gonna the first Embiid game is going to be a funny, funny a Sixers preseason story. Cousin Alec um, uh, texted me a picture. He got a Ben Simmons jersey, and he said like how excited he was for the season. And I said we should go to a preseason game. And he said, "How about October fifteenth?" And I said, "Oh, I can't." I said, "That is the weekend of our wedding anniversary." And his his response, completely deadpanned, was, "Val can come too." And I was uh-huh. like, "No, I don't think, I don't think." Actually, that's Alec, I'll ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the offer. I don't think that's going to work. Um, he's the best. So, all right. So, yeah, I was, I was, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. The Embiid thing is is closer now than it's ever been. It wasn't this close last summer. I think we just passed the year anniversary of when it, when they announced that he was going to have that surgery. I think that might have been like last week or something, the second surgery. So officially, we've never been this close to him playing, <laughs> and it's going to be it's going to be wild. Like it's just going to be wild. Like. Hold on to your asses because we are going to be really, really annoying about this. Oh so. my god! What oh if he plays god. really well in that preseason game? Like, what if he goes like four of five with five rebounds or something? It's going to be out of. We're going to go crazy. I mean, yeah. we're going to go crazy no matter what. It's going to be the best. Yeah. Uh, can we say who the? Let's just say, and you can tell me if you can say it. Uh, a Liberty Ballers writer saw. Timothy Luawu wearing a trust the process shirt. Well, look, you're not. I'm not going to hold back on this thing. So if we, if you open up this, yes, we I go for it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do this, and I didn't. I didn't expect to talk about this. So well, we, it's cool. It's cool that Luawu was wearing a trust the process. Yes, shirt. it is. It is great. Oh, well, should I not go in on the other thing? I like. I mean, yes, a Liberty Ballers writer spotted 
uh, Timothy Luau in Philadelphia. I think it was Wednesday night, right? So it was probably Sips, Center City Sips or whatever. Um, at a, I would, I think, at a bar wearing a Trust the Process T-shirt, which is really funny considering he is post-process era, even though yeah, he was very. entertained with a, a process uh, draft. I mean, Embiid, him and Embiid, who both speak French, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Embiid speaks French. Right? So, so that's. I mean, I think they probably. I want to know what trust the process is in French, first of all. And uh, they probably, he had to like, Embiid had to like download people on like, okay, so here's, welcome to the Sixers. Uh, this is like the new practice facility. Okay, we say trust the process because that's the whole, the guy that used to be here who brought us all together. Not you specifically, but he probably would have brought you here. Like that whole, he had to like give him background about it. That's what I'm imagining. And all that's in French and I like it a lot. Yeah, I never went to overnight camp, but I feel like Embiid is like the bad kid in camp who shows the new kids like where they can drink and not get caught or something. <laughs> like, like Charlie, Charlie Temple. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Trust the process in French, according to Google Translate, is uh, "fait confiance au processus." So that, that is, sounds great. We'll yeah. throw that on the shirt. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the other small piece of news was just that the I I feel like I can't even go into this because I, I'm not I'm not really uh, I I don't really have the go ahead to discuss why all of this is happening, um, but. The 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 practice facility uh, that the Sixers are opening is not going to be ready for training camp. It is uh, my belief. They have not said this, but and the, the reason that they are going to give you is probably not the legitimate reason to why it's not going to be ready. Um, and it's not. It's more hilarious than anything else, I guess I would say. Um, but uh, did I even tell you about this? I feel like I need to tell you about this. Um, I was getting. I was getting fed text messages and pictures all week long, um, but it is – Mike Sielski wrote a thing on philly.com just basically talking about how carefully worded all of their press releases regarding the new practice facility was supposed to be. But it was supposed to be late September, which would have made it available for training camp, and I do not believe that it will be available for training camp. So um, so that's that. I don't think it is matters. That, is, that, is that like very disappointing? Uh, I think so. I mean, right? I mean, like, wasn't this all supposed to happen, I guess, at the same time? And I don't even know when it will be ready. But, like, at, at a certain point, like, um, it would be way more interesting, I guess, if I could talk about why I think the the practice facility is not being opened on time. And I think some of it probably has to do with the change in uh, leadership with the team as well. Uh, there's probably some changes there. Because I'm sure Sam wanted some things one way and Brian Colangelo wanted things another way, which I'm sure added on to some of the time of it. Um, I guess it would have meant more if it was a if it was supposed to be ready for a free agency season and it's not. But um, it's a little bit of a mm-hmm. bummer, I, I guess, I think. Right. I mean, I guess nobody's yeah. going to care. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um. That's it. Do you want to start, uh, what's it called, um, grading Hinky? Or is there anything I'm missing? Am I missing anything? Mm, I think I say we go for it. Okay. I watched Keanu last night, by the way. It wasn't nearly as funny as I, I, was, I had hoped that it was going to be. I don't know. I like Key and Peele. It wasn't that funny. I've heard as much. Yeah. But, yes, I, I want to see it yeah. because it looks like a, a fun romp. Yeah, I think I'm hoping maybe it's like Zoolander in that when I watch it again, I'll think it's funnier than the first time I watched it. But, all I right, could, I can see that happening. 
So here we go. So uh, the Sam Hinkie era graded. I I feel like you should give a grade and I should give, give a grade. And should I should I keep track of all of our grades and then come up with a GPA like a final grade point average? Sure, I think you should. Okay, all right. So hold on. Let me just open up a uh, Google spreadsheet here. Um, and here is Spike grade. Oh, for God's sakes, I won't use a Google spreadsheet. I'll just use a WordPad something or other. Hold on one second. La dee la da 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 da. Okay. Um, my grade will be first. Your grade will be second. Okay. So uh, it was funny when I when I said that we were going to do this. Everyone just wrote like a a a a a a f like for the Okafor thing. Like, sure, yeah. But I'm going to try to be, now that we have, I think we have some sort of perspective on this stuff, right? I mean, some time has passed since the yeah. beginning. I feel like, um, and since he's gone, we don't have to protect his job anymore. So we can be a little, maybe a little <laughs> more, a little more on, you know, a little more yes. straightforward than we would have been at a certain time. <laughs> that, was, so. that was always us, protecting his job. Yeah, well, a little bit. Um, okay, all right. So the first move of the Sam Hinkie era was uh, June 27th, 2013, where he selected uh, – was the draft – because remember the trade didn't happen until after the draft officially – was he selected – let's go for the, each pick. And I feel like each pick should get a grade or do we just grade the draft? Um, each pick. Okay. Uh, selected Michael Carter-Williams with the 11th pick of the first round. I'm going to say, because none of this incorporates the Lakers pick trade, right? but I'm going to say the pick and then the performance and then the tr- – I think it, I think the trade – it's not just the trade, but I think it should – Well, that's a different trade grade. Be in there. But yes, the, but, but I, think, I think in terms of like we picked, we picked this guy to be – uh, to perform and be a building block, and if he's not a building block, then we're going to trade him. I'm going to give this pick a B plus. Okay. Um, that's tough. You know, I hadn't really considered should we. Well, I mean, I guess on some level, you you would judge a pick if, if they never traded him. You would judge him on what he became, and he became that Lakers pick, right? <laughs> yeah. So Michael Carter Williams, after his second year, uh, you know, turned into a. a a tangible asset. Um, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say C plus, and and you know later on I'll grade that trade and I'll give it an A. But like I I don't think you can forget, and this will come up with, and we won't take this long on every one of these. Um, I don't think that you can forget that uh, that how we felt about each pick when it happened, you know. And I don't think any of us liked Michael Carter Williams. And uh, and he turned out no. to be not good. So you know I can't. You know, so I, I I don't think I can ignore that. And and the, the first year was fun though. It was a fun yes sure. first year, and he did win Rookie of the Year, which yep. was not the only. It didn't it didn't heal everything, but it was a a reasonably bright light in an otherwise uh, pretty dark season. Right. Um. 30... I, I, I stand B plus. Okay. Uh, second pick, uh, uh, the 35th pick of the second round, uh, Glenn Rice. Well, then they traded Glenn Rice for, yeah, I believe but... it was Nate Walters. And, and, then and somebody Ricky, else, by the way. And then, and then Ricky Lito. 
No, I'll, I'll get then, to we're, we're getting to it. We can't do this with everything, or, or this podcast is going to be seven hours. Well, the Glenn, the Glenn Rice pick, I think that's the, the this is one trade. Their second, the second rounders continuously to move back to get Arsalan Kazemi is was right. one trade. Right. So they traded Glenn Rice basically for Kazemi and Nate Walters. Like that's how it happened. But so, then they traded Walters. It, it wasn't. It was like one for one for one. They kept. It was. It was like Rice, then Walters, then Kazemi. Tony Lito, yeah. and then Kazemi. Ricky Lito, Tony Lito. Uh, I don't know. Arslan Kazemi stunk, and uh, Glenn Rice, I guess, stunk. But at least he's is he still in the league, isn't he? I'm going to give this a C plus because watching him continuously uh, trade down in the second round was a tremendous amount of fun. But there are some good players that he could have had in the second round if he just stayed put and took them. And Kazemi didn't pan out into anything. So, C+. I'll give it a C. Uh, and then he also selected Pierre Jackson, but Pierre Jackson was later in that. Uh, actually, was part of the Nerlens Noel trade. Um, mm-hmm. So, But Pierre Jackson pick, oh, it, he he hasn't been good either. So, so mm-hmm. uh, Pierre Jackson, I mean, I don't know. Then they got him back. That's, uh, that's part of the, the Nerlens trade. Okay. So let's okay. do the Nerlens trade. Okay, so then... Um, so we did the Glenn Rice uh, for Arslan Kazemi thing. So, so then he traded Drew Holiday and Pappy Jack to the Pelicans for Nerlens Noel and uh, and sort of eventually the pick that would become. Um, uh, yeah, you can say just the pick. Yeah, just the yeah, pick. yeah. So the twenty and a twenty fourteen first round pick from the Pelicans, which was top ten protected, if I right. recall correctly. Right. Um. I give this an absolute A plus. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I don't think this is the one. I mean, this is the one. First of all, um, the moment. I mean, I give it an A plus for the moment where yeah. we were all like, "Whoa!" Uh, well, because initially the report was, I think it was from Woj, that the Sixers traded Drew and a first round pick for Nerlens. Right. And it was like, oh fuck, that's kind of tough but then it was the opposite and i felt much better about it it was great i thought it it was great it was a great trade it was a great trade there's no question about it and i i actually like drew holiday i i I sometimes think i would still take drew holiday back i think he um it wasn't like he it wasn't like highway robbery or anything i think drew holiday is a good player but i think in retrospect this is a pretty great trade so absolutely um, uh, next trade was uh, the next day. It was actually completed. The Sixers traded a future draft pick to the Houston Rockets for Furkan Aldemir and Royce White and Cash. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. you first. I <laughs> got. Well, okay. Let's consider this because, in terms of content, we got a lot of great Royce White content. I think. Yes. And I think we opened up some people's eyes. And there was some good discussion, which I liked. Furkan Aldemir content too. We had Furkan content also tremendous. Yep. Um, really happy with the guy he was in the. Was he here for a season or like a season and a half? I, I, think, I think it was more than he, one season. I think he got here halfway through a season yeah. and then left halfway through a season. Right. So, um, I'm gonna give this because they didn't trade anything, right? It was nothing. No, maybe it was a heavily protected two or something I think like it was. that. Yeah, I'm gonna give this. Um, I'm gonna give it an A. 
Hey, Most we got cash too. I give it an A as well. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. All right, next one. Uh, July 15, 2013, Sixers signed James Anderson as a free agent. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, was very, I was very happy. Yeah. Um, James Anderson, I remember the problem with him, and I think – did he, Brett Brown or Sam even say it? They were just like – He's a remember. shooter that can't shoot. I, I don't know what yeah. to say. That was the problem. I don't remember if this is on, on the record or off the record, but someone someone told me that they were just they were just trying to get him to shoot – a ton and he just didn't have the confidence Um, and then and then they brought in Covington to do that and he did right so with James I'm gonna give that signing uh, a B plus because he started for them and then started for the Kings for a little bit so I'm gonna give it. A, I'm being very generous because of guys I, I remember fondly. But I, I, I like remembering this time because we thought of James Anderson. Like if you go back to those podcasts, we definitely thought more of James Anderson when they signed him and what he could be. We were like, you know, he'll be in the league for 15 years. You know, so, <laughs> you know, he's he's gonna be able to hit threes for them. Uh, wait, you gave it a B. Uh, I'll give it an A for. Um, for what we thought of it, but a C for reality. So uh, I'll wind up with a B as well. There you go. Uh, all right, next one. They signed uh, Timothy Olbrecht as a free agent. Um, well, training camp bodies are important. Maybe him and Furkan Aldemir had some fun time talking about European politics. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'll, I'll give it – it's just a training camp body, so it didn't harm us in any way. A+. plus. All right. Um, I don't even. I barely. This was, he was a was white Ol- guy, right? He was. Was white? Was old? Uh, was Olbrecht on the shirt? Oh, I hope so. I don't Does know. he count? I think he might have just been training camp, so we didn't count training camp bodies. Well, but yeah, but somehow we wound it up putting um, uh, uh, the guy from the Heat on there um, that we never actually even got. The uh, the center, Joel Anthony. We put Joel Anthony. On there. <laughs> yeah, but that's a bit. <laughs> Okay, I'll just I'll give it a a C because I I it's neither here nor there to me. Sure, sure. Uh, the next move, but it should be a lower weighted C. If we're doing a true grade point average, that should be you know what I'm talking about. I yeah. Uh, I'm well, not asking you to do the whole thing. Well, that's why I'm airing Somebody, I look. We have thousands of people who listen to the podcast. Come on, somebody do this the right way. You're you're getting all the <laughs> grades. Like somebody, could you wait it the right way? And, and please, I'm asking. We'll give you your name. We'll both follow you on Twitter, and we'll give you a Twitter shout out on on the the Ricky Twitter and on my Twitter if you if you do this properly and tell us how you did it. Okay. Um, now here's what's amazing. It doesn't happen until August 14th, 2013. Sixers hire Brett Brown as head coach. <laughs> Yeah. It's so amazing to think it didn't happen until then. Um, go ahead. People were so mad about it. Yeah. I I remember was, you had a great tweet, which is which is one of my faves and one of my legitimate faves because I you don't care, I care, a lot. I don't fave a lot. I care about my tweet. I care about my faves deeply, and I want and I, and I want my faves to know that I care about them. You tweeted, um, maybe we're still. It's like the Sixers players. Maybe we're still. Uh, too distracted by Royce White, but who is our coach? <laughs> which, is, uh, I think which I thought was solid at the time. I think it's solid now. Um, and uh, I, it's a great signing. They did their yeah. diligence. 
Yeah. It was a great fucking signing. They got some assist. They, made, they met with people that would become assistant coaches. They met with people who would become coaches on different teams. Like, all of that stuff counts. Yeah. They took their time, got the right guy. A plus. Um, I'm going to give it an A plus as well. How could I not give it an A plus? Yeah. A plus. Come on. That guy's been awesome. We've, I mean, I love this guy. I love Brett Brown. I hope he's the coach forever. Imagine if we had Scott Skiles instead of Brett Brown. Oh, come on. Him. Yeah, it'd be terrible. Or Doug. Oh, come on. Don't, don't make it worse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, next move will be uh, Sixers trade a 2014 second-round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, pick is top 50 protected for Tony Roten. A plus. Come okay. on. Come on. I mean, this is the guy... I mean, he's uh, he's my favorite player of the process era. I mean, I, I there's I, there's not even. I mean, I, he, I have a number two, but he is my favorite player of the process era. So, a plus and we for got. Him. I mean, we we mined so much from him. Whether it was uh, or the or the at least the original quote of trust the process. Yeah. Or uh, or slapping the hardwood. Yeah. Which is you know some someday T.J. McConnell will slap it in Tony Roten's name. Um, we're heading into a really interesting part of, of the transaction wire here, just so you know. Right. <laughs> That's exciting. As, as people that are listening are falling asleep. No, everybody – are you kidding? Like this will be – as far as the people that like this podcast, this will be one of our most popular ones, I think. I think people will love this actually. All right. Uh, September 28th, 2013, Sixers signed Solomon Alibi – Alabi. As, Solomon Alabi, love a, it. Florida, as, Florida State as a free agent. That's right. Uh, I mean, I remember. Here's why I'm going to give this an A plus. Okay. Because Jordan Sams, former, uh, or I guess, original creator of Liberty Ballers, uh, who uh, eventually quit to wor- to work out more. <laughs> that's that, that's how the, that's how the story goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the. He posted this thing in early Liberty Ballers era about like the Sixers, how five year plan or whatever it is in like oh nine or something or two thousand ten, one of them. Okay. And a lobby was just coming out of Florida State and was already like twenty five years old or something like that. And uh, he was being projected as as like a mid first round pick at the time. Um, and uh, and he was like. Solomon Alabi, future center, like he. So it was, it was, it, it was locked in there from an early age, and so for the Sixers to then, Pinky to turn around and be like, "Hey, I read Liberty Ballers. I remember Jordan Sams. I'm going to sign Alabi for the original diehards," and uh, and I think that was huge. So even though he didn't make the team, that was that was big for us. A plus. Uh, I'll give it A plus because it gives me a chance to laugh about my, why I think it's so funny about Jordan Sams and working out. And I, I know he wrote that at some point, but I don't know <laughs> yet. I, I don't know. I hope it's on the internet somewhere, but I, I, it, it's still to this day. It makes me chuckle. Uh, October fifth, Sixers sign uh, Johnny Lawal as a free agent. Ooh, Ghani Lawal. Ghani Lawal. Sorry. Uh, also, another guy I was huge on in college, Georgia Tech. That's the thing is this. This really started a trend, which was Sam Hinkie getting all the guys that I want and have wanted since I was a youth, with the one exception of Joe Alexander. That was the one guy he never got for me, and uh, I'll always resent him for that. Look at look at how much, look at how well all these guys worked out. Are you giving <laughs> Are you giving Lawal an A plus? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm giving him an A plus two. Um, now the next one is one that we're actually going to start getting into when we had actual opinions on guys. Um, the next one is October 16, 2013. Sixers signed Daniel Orton as a free agent. Oh, man. Chubby Daniel Orton. Very chubby Daniel Orton. He was on this Kentucky team where you thought, like, oh, he's, you know, he's playing in a backup role. Maybe there's a lot of potential to unlock there. And it turns out there wasn't. Um, and then he went to the Filipino League and insulted, what's his name? The boxer. Oh, um, uh, the main Filipino boxer. Um, hold on. Yeah. The one that, that fought uh, Mayweather, right? Um, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. yeah. Fought Pacquiao. Not fought him, but said something shitty yeah. about Pacquiao. Not even that shitty, if I remember correctly. And he got kicked out of the league. And that's huge. That's a huge doesn't, thing does, to do. Doesn't he sort of seem like uh, Christian Wood version one or something? Isn't he yeah. sort of, yeah. you know? Uh, he well, laid the groundwork for Christian Wood. I'm going to give this move uh, a C minus because even though the Pacquiao stuff was great, uh, Orton was was totally useless here. Uh, I, give or- I give that an F. Uh, he is a fat guy and he stunk and I didn't like him. So, um uh, November 20th, 2013, uh, the next couple of moves, I feel like we're going to be on the same page. Sixers sign Elliot Williams as a free agent. Oh, I loved Elliot, man. Yeah. I still believe in him. Is he playing? Is he, he's a, he landed on a team somewhere, he I think, can. for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give him, because they resurrected his career, um, I'm going to give him a, a B+. Plus. Uh, I am giving this uh, actually, oh shit, hold on. Um B plus. I'm going to give this an A plus, uh, and you'll see when we talk about the next guy. I give this era sort of an A plus. Uh, the next guy, Lorenzo Brown, Sixers sign Lorenzo Brown as a free agent. Ooh yeah, he uh, he's still sticking around. Elliot played for Memphis last year. Okay. Um, Lorenzo Brown is on Minnesota. He was popping around a little bit. Summer league, Lorenzo Brown uh, got a lot of mileage. Philly to Delaware. I love him. This is a really nice walk through history for me, and I'm glad we're doing it. Even if no one listens to this podcast, I'm glad that we're doing it just for us. No, if, you're not record- if you're not recording, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, we're recording and people will listen to it, I'm telling you. Uh, what are you giving this, by the way? Lorenzo gets an A+. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. The the Lorenzo Brown, Elliot Williams, uh, Sevens, Sixers, like the whole yeah. era gets an A+, to me. Yeah, I'm going to change my Elliot Williams B+, to an A+. Uh, okay. Oh boy. All right. You're adjust, you're adjust making that. okay for whoever's calculating this GPA. Note that, please, too, as well. <laughs> All right. Next two moves: January fourteenth and January twenty fourth. The Sixers sign Dwayne Dedman to consecutive ten day contracts. Yes. He was really good. I, I, I'm going to give the first ten day contract an A, and the second ten day contract an A. Uh, I'm giving. I'll, I'll give them both A pluses. I thought Dwayne uh, Dedman was good. Actually, I still think he's he was fine. Yeah. It was. I mean, he got a sense of you know what what uh, what what Nerlens could theoretically do, only a lot less athletically. Yeah. Um, and because uh, Nerlens was sitting this whole season, if you recall, and and then Dedman caught on. I mean, it wasn't he was in the Magic last year? I think he got paid a little bit. How much did he get paid, Dwayne Dedman? Let's see. Um, I think he's on the Spurs now. 
right? I don't know. I yeah. thought he was on the Magic for a little while. Uh, Spurs signed former Magic center Dwayne Devin to a two-year, $5.9 million contract. There you go. Yeah, he got paid a little. Good for Dwayne. And you know what? Here's the thing. Hinky started these guys' careers. So yeah. I'm sure Dwayne Devin would give that move an A+, because that started his career in the NBA. So hey, I'm going to give it an A+. Trust the motherfucking process. You know what I'm saying? That's right. All right. So That's we'll right. do we'll do this next one. Then we'll uh, talk about L.L. Pavorsky, and then we'll uh, do the um, – Wow, we got a lot to go. We should we should do these a little faster. Okay, okay. All right, okay, th- okay. this is great. All right, February twentieth, twenty fourteen. As part of a three team trade, the Philadelphia 76ers traded a twenty fourteen second round pick to the Washington Wizards. The Nuggets traded a twenty sixteen second round pick to the Sixers. The Nuggets traded Andre Miller to the Washington Wizards. The Wizards traded Jan Vesely to the Denver Nuggets, and then the Wizards traded Eric Maynard and a twenty fifteen second round pick to the Sixers. Parentheses pick is protected. So the yeah the, the, Sixers, the Sixers got Eric Maynard and two second round picks, right? Got or one. one second round pick for a okay. second round pick. Yeah. Uh, and who did that pick become? Do we know? Do I you remember? Have no idea. A 2015 second round pick. I don't. So it could have been um, one of the Hernan Gomez's or something. I think it must have been Rashawn. I don't know. I think it was Rashawn. Because then they traded their their own second round pick in the Ishmith trade. Am I correct or am I, am I mixing it up? No, I'm mixing up my years. Yeah, all these years all know. blend together. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I th- think it was. This is no. A, this is us. What year is it now? This, what year is it now? This is us know. moving through these quicker. Uh, yeah, it's 2016 now, and that was 2014. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, Eric Maynard, VCU, played with Larry Sanders. Those second round picks, whoever we got for them, I am sure I loved them dearly. A plus. Uh, Eric Maynard stunk, but we traded a second round pick for a second round pick, and I think that's hilarious. So I give it. We a definitely B. came up. We definitely. I think our second round pick that we traded was protected to nothing. We definitely gained at least a second round pick in that trade. I remember it very well. Okay, if you say so. Hey, um, LL Pavorsky is the official sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. You know, I actually got an email. Let me see if I can pick it up real quick of somebody who bought their engagement ring um, from LL Pavorsky and sent me a note. Uh, subject line, this will be the whole commercial. Look, L.L. Pavorsky is a not just a jeweler, but he is a friend of, uh, of us. He is a friend of the process. And if you go and buy anything from him, but as, as most notably an engagement ring, he is going to treat you absolutely positively the right way. Um, Yo, Spike, I just picked up an engagement ring from Lee at L.L. Pavorsky. I couldn't have asked for a better guy to help me through the whole engagement ring process, all in caps. I looked at a few other stores on Jewelers Row in addition to L.L., and I couldn't help but feel the other stores were cheap and tacky inside and the salesmen were rude and pushy not ll he guided me through the whole process all in caps and answered every question and concern i had no no matter how dumb it was um then he goes on to talk about how it was uh, a little out of his price range but ll gave him a and a rights to ricky sanchez discount helped him afford the ring and of course every process truster that goes in there if you buy an engagement ring he's going to pay for your first year of insurance on that ring which is pretty great too from uh, jewelers mutual i think he use, uses so if you want to buy 
a an engagement ring from LL Pavorsky, what I want you to do is make sure that he puts aside time for you, which is he wants to do that too. So set up a no obligation appointment with LL. So call him at 215-627-2252. You can email him at llpavorsky.com or just tweet him at llpavorsky. Um, he will just, he'll lay everything out for you. It'll just be you and LL at the store. Quiet, uh, awesome store. It's great. So that is, that's what you do. LL Pavorsky. 707walnutllpavorsky.com or uh, on Twitter at LL Pavorsky. And as the official jeweler of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, LL Pavorsky Jewelers makes generous donations to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and rain for every podcast. Um, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. A++, the best acquisition of the Sam Hinkie era. Oh, come on. He's come gonna, on. He's going to love that one. Sometimes. Yep. Got to be sweet sometimes. All right, here we go. Um, here We're getting into the heart of the first season here. February 20th. Uh, this was trade deadline day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sixers trade Spencer Hawes to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Earl Clark, Henry Sims, a 2014 second-round pick, and another 2014 second-round pick, it looks like. Either that or it's an error. Maybe we just got one 2014 second-round pick. No, it was two. We got two. We okay. got two. So there you uh, go. I fucking, first of all, R.I.P. Spencer. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I'll say <laughs> I was very excited about Earl Clark. Yeah, I remember that. I think we vividly. all were. Yep. And, and uh, we, Henry Sims, we got lick face out of this. We got huge lick face out of Hank yeah. Sims. Um, and the two seconds, I'm going to give this move, even though for a long time it was Evan, Thad, and Spencer. And it was like, well, we got to get a first-round pick out of one of them. And finally we did. Spoiler alert for later in this podcast. Uh, but, man, those were, those were a couple dark days when it was like they couldn't even get a – I mean, people, I remember people being like, this trade is bullshit. Why would they trade Hawes and, and Turner for nothing? And it was like, well, no one wanted them because they're bad. Right. Right. And, right. and it's like, if you thought they were that good, they no one was willing to offer anything more than the second round pick for them because they're bad. And this is why the Sixers are rebuilding because two of their best players are worth like Hank Sims and a second round pick. Right. Uh, a plus. Come on. Um, yeah. Fuck Spencer Hawes forever. That guy's final game is the biggest insult to Sixers, the organization, the fans, and the other players in history. And uh, Henry Sims was is so processy. I mean, he is a if if we do a mount, I don't know if he's on the Mount Rushmore of process players, but it's close to it. I feel like he's so. a, he's on the Mount he's on the Mount Rushmore Rushmore for the podcast for sure. Right, right, right. So. Uh, I don't think I don't think world process wide he is. Yeah, so I give uh, that an A plus as well. All yeah, right, you got to. Also on that day, um, now I have mixed feelings about this one. Sixers trade Lavoy Allen and Evan Turner to the Pacers for Danny Granger and a 2015 second round pick. Oh my God! So Lavoy became a Lavoy and Evan, although not yeah. with the Pacers. Useful players. Useful players for sure. And Danny Granger. As much as as much as 2005, Mike would be like, "Holy shit, we got Danny Granger," uh, and be really excited about it. He didn't play for us. He uh, he he took the spot that would eventually become Andre Kirilenko, um, and uh, and we got a second round pick. I'm gonna give this move. You were very thrilled to get Evan Turner out of there. Well, it also, saved my life. Yeah. Also, another one of my faves. I think these are the only two faves that I have from you. Is uh, is the Royce White one and the trade deadline. 
you posted a picture of you dying on your keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, as you're as you're uh, waiting for Evan Turner to be traded. Um, it's tough because we wanted him gone. So at the time, even though he became a very useful player, and I'll say the same for Lavoie, became a, a pretty useful player. At the time, just getting them out of here was huge. I'm going to give this move an A. Uh, I am actually going to give it a B. I'm giving it an A for saving my life, and that, but a C for the actual trade. And so I'll give it a B. Um, I do. The other thing that came of this was I started that day with the farewell Evan hashtag, and Danny Chow wrote a Grantland piece about the farewell Evan hashtag, which is a long time ago. And seeing uh, something I created on Grantland was a a, a monumental day for me. And sure, it was from sure. Chow, who I think was like an intern at that point or something for yeah. Grantland. So other guy, what um. Oh, I was going to say something else. Ah, never mind. Go ahead. All right. Uh, also, Sixers trade a future second-round pick uh, is a conditional second-round pick, so nothing I think we traded. To the Clippers for Byron, don't call me BJ Mullins. <laughs> uh, that year was the best. It was a great year. A+. plus. Yeah. I mean, come on. We got... Byron Mullins for nothing, I guess. I it was so he was so bad. He was so bad. All right. Um all right, next. Sixers, uh two straight uh transactions with the same guy. March first, twenty fourteen, Sixers signed Jarvis Varnado to a ten day contract. Yes. And then Jarvis Varnado for another ten day? Uh no, for the rest of the season. Oh yeah. Um Again, an A. I think it was a thing to to lay the groundwork for Nerlens and see like what his role would be, and you know it was all, it was all about Nerlens at the time. So big okay. A. Yep, and and A to, for signing him for the rest of the season. I would do the same thing. Um, March fourteenth, Sixers sign DJO Darius Johnson Odom <laughs> to a ten day yeah. contract. Get on that shirt, bro. Yep. Uh, I loved I loved him at Mizzou. Abs- or Marquette. Jeez. Um, a, easily. Um, I'll give this one a B. I don't know. Uh, next one. Sixers signed James Nunnally to a 10-day contract. Ooh, Nunnally. Yeah. Nunnally was huge. And then it would make his, his return. Yes. Um, Nunnally gets an A. Um, I'll give Nunnally a B as well. I don't know why. Uh, because I'm going to give the next one an A. Sixers signed Casper Ware to a 10-day contract. Oh, A plus. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And then we traded him for actual value. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I love love Casper Ware. Thumbs up. Oh man, I miss him. I miss Casper Ware. We don't talk about him enough. Yes, we do. April (laughs) seventh. Yes, we do. April seventh. Sixers sign. I barely remember. I can barely tell the difference between this guy Jarvis Varnado and Dwayne Dedman. Uh, Sixers sign Adonis Thomas to a ten day contract. Wasn't he well, like the Don same Thomas thing? Is a, no, he's just like a small forward power oh, okay. forward. Okay, all right. Um, I, I'm going to give Adonis. Uh, he went to Memphis, and then we got him from Orlando, and then he went somewhere. I don't know. I'm going to give this a, this a B because he wasn't even high on the list of college guys I liked. Uh, I'll give it a B as well because I don't really remember him at all. So I just remember the name. Okay, uh, the next moves we saw were at the draft, the 2014 draft, which was June 26th. First pick. Sixers select Joel Embiid with the third pick of the first round. Wow. 
A plus. Yeah, I, I would do it over again, and it still may work out to be the best. And I don't think I here. And here's the ultimate question: Knowing what you know now, would you? And if you could go back in time and select first, and you had the Sixers pick first, who would you select? <sighs> tough, tough question. Um, if uh, it's a tough question, because I think taking Aaron Gordon. No, no, I mean with the first pick. So you you get to pick. You know everything you know oh, now. Over Wig, over Wiggins. Yeah. I, okay. Well, taking taking Wiggins may have saved Hinky's job. Right. Um. So what I have, but I and I think there is obviously the chance that Embiid's body continues to fail him in the future. Um, if I had to go back knowing what I know now in hopes that that this would save Hinky's job, I would, I would take Wiggins. I would take Embiid because it's never going to happen anyway. And I'd rather die on this hill. So I'll take Embiid. Um, six. It's a a fine hill to die on. man. Yeah. I have no problem with it. So we'll grade this all as one. The Sixers take Alfred Payton with the 10th pick of the first round and then trade him to the Magic for Dario Saric and a 2017 first round pick. Um, how could you not give this an A+. Huge A+. Right? And it wasn't just to be clear for the people who aren't as psychotic as we are. That 2017 first round pick was the 20 was the pick that the Sixers traded in the Bynum deal before right. Hinky got there. So this was them essentially recouping their pick that they had given away for what became nothing. Yep. It was incredible. Uh, it was a great trade. And he, it was all balls. And we got the moment balls. where we didn't know what the fuck was going on. And Alfred Payton and Michael Carter Williams were like, MCW was like panicked. He didn't know what was going on. It was a great yeah. moment. It was a tremendous moment. Uh, this, this I think, for me, is um, the best trade of the Sam Hinkie era. Even though I don't necessarily think that Dario is going to become a ton more than like good sixth man. I still think that his athleticism will be a problem. Although I'm 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 continuing I'm warming on him by the day. I still worry about his quickness and athleticism. Um, I think just just getting that pick back and getting a guy who can who developed who really developed for two years. He's the the, the how much better he got over the two years is insane. Um, and just totally gaming the magic into letting that happen. I, uh, which, you know, might've ultimately been Hinky's downfall. People not liking to negotiate with him because he, uh, he punks him. Um, but I love it. It was the best. This is my favorite trade of the Hinky era. A plus. This is a great trade. Yeah. I give it an A plus as well. Sixers select KJ McDaniels with the 32nd pick of the second round. A plus easily. Uh, I'll give it an A because he ended up, I don't know. Um, it ended up being t- nothing, at, you know? Yeah. That, but at the, at the time, at the time of the pick, this was, Hey, this guy fell to us at 32. Sure. I'll and, just give it a regular uh, A. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Grant with the 39th pick. Yeah. A plus, A plus, A plus. A, a plus. Sixers select, uh, Vasily Michich with the 52nd pick of the second round. It was a solid stash. Solid stash, but doesn't look like he'll become much of anything. So I'm going to give it a B minus for for thought process. But 
not excited about the the result. I'll give it a B. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a B. I don't care. I liked the pick. It was fun. I liked I liked his YouTube. So yeah. Uh, and then finally, the Sixers select. Uh, hmm, I don't even remember this guy. Nemanja D- Deng- Dengubic. Dengubic. They traded him. Right. He was he was traded. Oh right, for Jordan McRae. So we'll say, yeah. and it happened the same day. So Sixers take uh, Dengubic and trade for uh, NBA champion Jordan McRae. Uh, B plus A minus A minus. Because Jordy, I mean Jordy, dominated Australia. Jordy dominated a bunch of other leagues, and then uh, they didn't have a spot for him. And then he went to Cleveland and became an NBA champion. Good uh, for him. I'm going to give it a C because I think Jordan McRae stinks, actually. So That's that fair. is mine. August 23rd, here we go, uh, 2014th, another good Sam Hinkie move. As part of a three-team trade, the Sixers traded Thaddeus Young to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and a trade exception to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded a 2015 first-round pick to the Sixers. And the Minnesota Timberwolves traded Kevin Love to the Cavs. And the Minnesota Timberwolves then traded uh, Luke uh, Richard Bamute and Alexi Schved for the Sixers. So the Sixers trade Thaddeus Young and get a first-round pick, Luke Bamute and Alexi Schved. A-plus by so much. Yeah. If there's a higher grade, this grade is higher than L.L. Pavorsky's grade. Yeah, I mean, and look, we only had Bamute for one year, but he was helpful for that year, I thought. Very helpful. Very helpful to Brett, specifically. Yeah, uh, the Schved thing made me and Mike Bauman real happy, I thought. Yes. And yes. we got a first-round pick. All of it was very good. Yeah. The Sixers trade a trade exception and a 2015 second-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Hashim Thabit and Cash. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember so that. So good. We fucking lo- I fucking loved this trade. Yeah. A-plus. God damn it, Hinky. Why did you have to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the greatest. His first couple of years, I mean, geez, come on. This was all amazing. Tailor-made for me. Really were. September 27, 2014, the Sixers trade a 2015 second-round pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Keith Bogans and a 2018 second-round pick. The 2015 pick is, is protected, and we never gave it up. So the Sixers basically just take Keith Bogans and a 2018 second-round pick. A+. plus. A plus, come on. Would you just not take that second round pick? Which, yes, are, which by the way, the second round picks are getting more valuable by the day. Hello. Mm-hmm. October 24th, the Sixers trade Casper Ware to the Brooklyn Nets for Marquise Teague in a 2019 second round pick. Oh. Fuck. All right. So I love that they got, they picked Casper Ware up out of nowhere yeah. and turned, turned him into a second round pick. I'm bummed that Marquise Teague is dog shit, and but I'm also sad. Anyway, I think the Casper Ware thing is is very cool that they got value out of him. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Uh, I'm gonna give it a C because I'd rather have Casper Ware. Picks, baby. Yeah, need I know. them picks. Well, come on, I'm I'm just I'm I'm being real about this whole thing. I'd rather have Casper Ware. October 27th, 2014, the Sixers trade Arnett Moultrie to the New York Knicks for Travis Outlaw and a 2019 second-round pick. Travis Outlaw! Former Sixer Travis Outlaw. Yeah. What a game. Um, I fucking hated – I can't believe Arnett 
was on the team that recently. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember tweeting at the Sixers Twitter account during that preseason. If Arnett Moultrie is on this fucking team, I'm, I'm like I'm returning my season tickets. I was so mad. <laughs> he was so annoying during that preseason. Uh, I'm giving this an A plus just because it got rid of Arnett Moultrie. Yes. Okay. Next move. Uh, oh boy, this is a rough one for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, during the game, I think actually the Sixers trade Brandon Davies to the Brooklyn Nets for Jorge Gutierrez, Andre Kirilenko, and a 2020 second-round pick. The Sixer, the Nets also acquire a right to swap second-round picks in 2018. Oh, this is this is hard. This sparked a debate between Matt Moore. Uh, and yeah. us and me, where he was like, I thought Davies could have been something. Right. And he was he didn't like it. And I was like... He forced you to be anti-Davies. Exactly. I think he yeah. just bought into my, my Davies agenda, which I had been pushing relentlessly. Um, but again, the fact that they got anything from Brandon Davies is wildly impressive. This started... I think they said that they were going to keep Jorge Gutierrez, and then they didn't. And then this started like the narrative of Hinky doesn't care about players, and he's cold-blooded, and that kind of thing. Well, and that also he lied. Uh, he reportedly like lied to Karolinko, who thought he was going to be released or something. Like this was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this trade a D because I miss Brandon. Uh, I think I, I things went downhill for the for uh, the public perception of the process here. Yeah, I'll give it a C because I'd rather have Brandon Davies. Um, as part of a th- December 19th, as part of a three-team trade, the Sixers trade Alexi Shved to the Rockets. The Rockets trade Troy Daniels cash and a second-round pick and a 2016 second-round pick to the Timberwolves. The Rockets trade Ser- Sergei uh, Lishuk and a 2015 second-round pick to the Sixers. The Timberwolves trade Corey Brewer to the Rockets, and the Timberwolves trade Ronnie Turioff to the Sixers. Um, <laughs> so the Sixers trade Shved for Lishuk and a second-round pick and Ronnie Turioff. Oh, my God. A-plus. Jesus. Deal. A-plus. We got, we got Ronnie Turioff, who never played for us, but still. Um, A-plus. A-plus. All right. Um, next one. Some, some deals you just got to tip your cap. Yep. Next one, Sixers, February 19, 2015, Sixers trade uh, – this is trade deadline, obviously. Sixers trade K.J. McDaniels to the Rockets for Isaiah Cannon and a 2015 second-round pick. Yeah, this is the trade deadline. I had a doctor's appointment. And oh, I yeah. was like, by this time, the trade deadline will be over and I'll be able to go. And I was just wrong. Um, okay, so the K.J. trade we've talked about at length. But it's, it bears repeating when the Sixers drafted K.J., they tried to sign him to the biggest second-round pick deal that they that anyone has ever signed. He declined. He only wanted a one-year deal. He bet on himself. He was going to get paid in the offseason, which he did. And still stinks, by the way. And still not very good. Still sort of buried on Houston. Maybe he'd be better on a different team if he had got time. I don't know. But they got – I think that this is the pick that became um, – is this the pick that became uh, Rashawn Holmes? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, I do hate 
Isaiah Cannon. And I'm glad that he's not here anymore. Um, the KJ trade, I will say, was something that they had to do. Maybe they could have gotten more for him. Um, I'm going to give it a B-. minus, Even though it's something that they had to do, I think it wasn't a, a tremendous haul to be excited about. Uh, I'm giving it an A plus because I didn't like KJ McDaniel's truthers and I loved the Isaiah Cannon era. So I'm giving it an A plus. Uh, also on the trade deadline, Sixers trade Chank uh, Akyal and Cash to the Denver Nuggets for Choo Choo Madiobam, JaVale McGee, and a 2015 first round pick. Are you Okay, I, is, I need to remember. This is, this is my favorite trade of the Sam Hinkie era. I was wrong. Is there a grade higher than A plus that we can give oh this? Oh my God. That was the pick that became uh, Korkmaz, I believe. And uh, that was the Korkmaz pick. And we got Madubum, which obviously huge, huge for process trusters. Yep, yep. And then we got, we legitimately got like, what, six games of JaVale? Yep. I mean, come on. This was an incredible trade. Incredible trade. We got, it was great. He had one thunder dunk from, like, the foul line, and it was the best moment of my life. And then he left, and I'll never forget him. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Um, you give that an A-plus, obviously. Oh, yeah. All right. I fast-forward you to June twenty fifth, 2015, with the third pick in the uh. NBA draft, the Sixers select Jaleel Okafor. Out of Duke University. Man. This pick gave me a migraine. This, I mean, I, if you, the two most miserable podcasts we ever did were the night of this draft and when Hinky got fired or when yeah. Hinky left, right? I mean, those are the two most miserable ones. Yes, easily. Um, shit. Um, because also, if you remember, this portended the Embiid injury, the re-injury. Right. So this was like, oh, you took him, and also Embiid's not playing for another year. Ah, you go first. Uh, F, 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 this ruined... The, this, I mean, this F, F, he sucks. I, I, I can't, and he was a pain in the ass the first year, and we can't get anything for him. F, 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 even if you were just taking him for value. The only, the only way that this was okay was if management told him he was not allowed to take Kristaps Porzingis, which is a thing that people say, but I feel like also might be um, just us trying to comfort ourselves. Maybe, um, yeah. You know, I don't know. If, look, if this was, I'll, I'll qualify it by saying that if he didn't, if he had to take Okafor, then it wasn't his call. But as a, a transaction in general, F, 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 F. Yeah. And I would say the, um, even if he wasn't allowed to take Porzingis, I would have been very happy with Justice Winslow or Stanley Johnson or fucking Mario Hazonia. Yes. Um, and it didn't happen. And, and they took the they took the wrong guy. They took the they just took the wrong. And I'll tell you, guy. you could have taken Justice Winslow at three, and nobody would have batted an eye. Nobody Absolutely. would have batted an eye. You know? Absolutely, people would have been very excited about it. 
I would I'd still be very excited about it, even though Okafor, like, did exactly he had, he had exactly with with the exception of the off the court stuff, he had exactly the year I thought he was going to have. Maybe he's maybe a little bit better than I thought he'd be. What grade are you giving? And I think you have to wait to see if when they trade him, I'm going to give it a D. I'm going to give it a D. Okay. All right. Because um... even if you like him, it was it was the wrong pick. Even if you like Jaleel Okafor, because there has to be people that listen to this podcast that like Jaleel Okafor think he's going to be a good NBA player. Even if you like him. Sixers draft Willie Hernan Gomez and then trade him to the Knicks for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. It seems like Willie Hernan Gomez might be good though, right? Yeah, but he's also he's also a center and didn't fucking him. Um, So be right. C plus. I I was I was looking forward to more action out of this draft. I remember being very upset. Uh, Sixers with the 37th pick take Rashawn Holmes. Um, B plus. Um, yeah, I I'm not as high on him as some people are, so I'll give it a B minus. But it's fine. I well, I think just to get a uh, what we feel is a legitimate NBA player in the second round is always not a guarantee. Yeah. But the fact that he was you know another center on a team that is now just it's. There's one thing to go like, hey, we're just trying to draft the best player, which I get and we support. But simply not having time for these guys to play is a problem. If he was a two-guard, he would have had much more time. Uh, I will skip the Arturus uh, Gudaitis Gudaitis, uh, selection because it's part of the the trade. Uh, Sixers take uh, J.P. Tokido with the 58th pick of the second round. This saved the draft for me, if you remember. This is so Saved weird. it. Yeah. Saved it. Uh, I believe in JP Tokido. He's uh, that that picks an A plus for me. Uh, this pick is a C. Uh, he is like KJ McDaniel's only worse. Um, and finally, Sixers take uh, Luka Mitrovic with the 60th pick in the in the draft. This the final pick. And then they they traded him. They gave him away. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Right. He was part of the Kings trade. Right. So, so we'll we'll skip to that. So, Sixers trade uh, Arturus Gaditas, Luka Mitrovic, and a future second round pick to the Sacramento Kings for Carl Landry, Nick Stauskas, Jason Thompson, a 2018 first round pick, pick, and the right to swap the first their first rounders with the Kings in 2016 and 2017. A and and. A Nick Stauskas writes Ricky Sanchez appearance. Right. I mean, let's include that. If this, I, I know that you've already named your favorite hinky trade twice, but this also has to be. I mean, well, this, this is, is the, just the most obvious. This right. is the most obvious. Like, regardless of what you think about Stauskas, they they acquired Landry, who was helpful to people last year, and well, first uh, round pick, yeah. and then and then the and then the pick swaps. And yeah. a first round pick for Look, absolutely nothing. Even for if it was, absolutely nothing for not if nothing else, they traded a second round pick for a first round pick. Even if you forget about the swaps and Stauskas and Landry, they traded a second round pick for a first round pick. That's what they did. So that seems like a win to me. You know, this is a great trade. The best trade in human history. Sixers trade Jason Thompson to the Warriors for Gerald Wallace and the right to swap. <laughs> 
the Miami or OKC 2016 first round pick for the Warriors 2016 first round pick. The Warriors who then won more games than any team in the history of the NBA regular season. I forgot that Jason Thompson was, or sorry, that uh, Gerald Wallace was on that that trade. I love that. Yeah, well, he was was always going to be a sixer. I mean, his contract, right. right? Yeah. No doubt. But uh, no, I love this trade. I think people were like, people felt bad for Jason Thompson, I think, because they're like, oh, he was excited to play for Philly. And he's like, he's going to the fucking Warriors. Are you kidding? And he was also not good. And uh, I thought it was a fine, it was a zero risk, potentially 1% reward trade. If the fact that they could have swapped, I mean, obviously the Warriors became the best team of all time, but it's just a funny Steph, side note. Yeah, if Steph got hurt or Dre got hurt, whatever, they I mean, Oklahoma City could have won more games and then Sixers would have gotten that pick instead. It was it was a it was a fail safe that caught them that cost them nothing. And I uh, I loved it. A plus. I'll just give it a straight A. And then okay, we have um three more moves. Now this one is tainted because even though this is hinky era, I guess it's not really hinky era. This is Colangelo era. Sixers trade a 2016 and 2017 second round pick to the Pelicans for Ish Smith. So I'm going to include the fact that they let Ish Smith walk. Okay. In, in this uh, in this context, and I'm going to give it a uh, C plus because. I think it helped Nerlens a lot and Jaleel a lot. Even though the second rounders are gone, we do have plenty of second rounders still in the in the pipe. Um, and even though it was a bullshit Colangelo trade, I I think it helped Nerlens and Jaleel individually. Well, certainly improve improve their numbers. It also um, helped us not break the all time losses record. I think which I it, which I also like. Yeah, um, I'll give it a even B, though actually. even though ish for he was good for a month and then was mostly trash for the rest of the year um we 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 escaped we escaped and i'm glad that he he came back to help us so i'll I'll give it a c plus um i feel like there's stuff oh wait i totally missed two moves that we can retroactively grade because i was wondering where they where they went uh six are signing larry drew and tim frazier to 10-day contract (laughs) you missed those yeah that i i was somehow i skipped past them um i give them both a's by the way um, Tim Frazier, regular NBA rotation player. Yeah. Getting paid. Larry Drew, I don't think is anywhere. So I'm going to give Tim Frazier. That's the thing is that he started these people's careers. People will be indicted, indebted to him, Hinky, for the rest of their lives. And I love that. It's, this is this, the equivalent of the, uh, Mike Holmgren coaching tree is the Sam Hinky 10 day free agent contract, right. uh, tree. And, uh, I love them. These are all his little children. I'm going to give Frazier an A. And Larry Drew to uh, a B plus because we loved we loved Larry Drew for like a second. It was like, hey, a point guard. Yeah, I'm I'm giving them all A's. And then the final two moves of the Sam Hinkie era: signing Christian Wood to ten day contracts on March fourth and March twenty seventh. A plus. He's he's going out as he started. And I will give them both uh, F's. Um, he's the, the the smartest guy in the room as forever. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. And of course, you know, he would have taken Ben Simmons, right? I mean, do we know that? We know uh, that, right? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. There was there were whispers that he liked Ingram. I don't know. It's all made up shit. But uh, I would say the last, the final move, which you're forgetting, 
is uh, writing a 13-page... Oh, yeah. Uh, Fuck you letter. letter. Yeah. Which I also give a massive A+. plus. Yeah, I give that an A+, plus as well. Um, I miss him. It'd be so much better. Can you imagine how how we'd feel if he was still here? Oh yeah, I don't. I've, if he was here and Colangelo wasn't here, it would be we'd the, have the practice facility. We'd have Simmons. We'd have a hopefully healthy Embiid. Uh, we'd have him in control of a Nerlens or Jaleel trade. Um, and he probably wouldn't trade Nerlens. Um, uh, all of it. Missing all you, it. Sam. Missing you a lot. And and, and again, I I uh, even though a lot of people don't think. Colangelo did anything that special this offseason, which I agree with. He did. He sort of stood pat and signed a couple guys that'll help, drafted a couple guys that we like. It, he has, Brian Colangelo has done a nice job so far, even though I think he's gross and his dad is more gross. Do you want to do a quick, um, do you want to skip relationship advice, do a quick jigsaw? Do you want to skip them both? What do you want to do? Quick jigsaw. Quick jigsaw. Here we go. Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, "How does it feel to win the ultimate game?" And he said, "If it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?" All right, Mike. This is the first ever jigsaw with two things that are positive. You have to choose between two good things. Which is not in the spirit of the jigsaw, but I'm sort of, I don't have anything to do this weekend, and I get to spend time with my wife and my dog, so I'm in a good mood. So um, so here we go. Here are your two choices. Um, your first choice, you can eat whatever you'd like, and you do not need to exercise, and you will be in perfect physical condition, whatever you imagine that to be, for the rest of your life. Um, there are no dietary restrictions and no exercise restrictions. Um, your second choice is, no matter how much sleep you get or do not get, in the morning, you will always feel perfectly rested, and at night, you will always fall asleep perfectly, like at a, at a perfect pace. You will lay your eyes down. You will not be exhausted to the point of you know, sickness. You will always just feel perfectly rested when you wake up. Oh, easily perfectly rested. Really? Easily. Yeah, yeah, not even close. I, I'm tired a lot. And I don't mind working out and uh, eating reasonably good and mixing it up with bullshit. So I'm not at a, maybe when I get, I think I'll always sleep. I think if I could just not worry about sleep and just be like, I'm going to feel great. I think that would be a, a, a tremendous load off. Yeah, I, take that. I think, you know, as a former fat guy, this is a little bit more difficult because I, yeah. at one point in my life, ate whatever I wanted and it was pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, I think I'm past that after 15 years of not doing it. So I think I would do the rest thing as well. Yeah. It's nice to have that on a nice note, you know. Yeah. Let's be optimistic about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we will. Uh, we we are working on a really, I think, special episode for next week. Um, hopefully we'll be able to let you in on that toward uh, toward the end of the week. So with a uh, Oh, is that, is that next week potentially? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like it. That'd be cool. He, he seems like he is uh, all in. So. Um, a fun interview that you would not expect on the Ricky, but you would expect on the Ricky. So sure. So my uh, my my parents are in town next weekend. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. Well, then that means actually we can uh, if we can get this done during the week, then uh, you can have all the time in the world to spend with your parents on the weekend. Sure. I, either Friday or Monday would be cool. Okay. Um, 
The uh, Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like face. All right. See you, man. See you, bud. Like I said, won't you hit